Welcome to the Detours Podcast. Let's get lost. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Detours the Podcast. So what I want to do with this episode is I want to switch it up. This episode, we are talking about single parenthood. So as some of you guys may know, I do have one child, a son, He is almost 10 years old and I can't believe it. I'm like, what just happened for the last 10 years? Like, where was I? Because what? He was just a little baby. But um, just a little background. I had him at the end of my my junior year of college. So I had him at the end of my junior year of college. And um, he was actually born like probably two days after I finished all of my summer courses because I decided I needed to graduate early. So I just would take summer classes because summer classes meant that they sped through any classes. So say for instance, you needed a class. They did that class in like six weeks. And that means that you don't have to take that class no more. It's done. And you know, during the summer it's much more relaxed. You know, you don't have all as many kids on campus as normal. It's it was perfect for me. It was just real relaxed on my time, my terms. So it was good. But so I did have him a couple of days after taking my finals. And I got to spend the rest of the summer just being a mommy. And then when school started, I was just an off-campus senior. And it was fine because I only had class Tuesdays and Thursdays. So it was absolutely fine. I just went to class those two days. And when I went to class, he was at daycare. But he was always such a sweet little baby. Like the daycare would call me. Well, not call me. But when I would go pick him up, like several teachers and director, they were like, he is such a sweet, mild-mannered little boy. Like he doesn't cause any problems. The only problem is that he wouldn't eat. Like (laughs) he was very picky. So he would eat just whatever he wanted to eat so like if they had lunch he would probably only eat maybe the bread he definitely ate like crackers and stuff like that but if it was something that he had to chew too much he wasn't about it he was not trying he was not about that chewing life he was like "Uh uh-uh if I can't just put in my mouth for a minute and it just melt down then it's not for me (laughs) but luckily he grew out of that but yeah, they're just like, I don't know what you're going to do when you have a second child. Because usually the second child is worse than the first. So that second child, one guy was like, that second child going to be bad. Because <laughs> my son was just such a good little boy. Like, he, uh, it was no problem. in the, um, you know, just no problem whatsoever. And it was basically very easy. And I appreciate that so much. And, but, you know, of course, I did want to have, you know, while he was younger, I did want to have, you know, more kids around his age, but it never um, happened. So now, now he's all the way at 10, but when he was in kindergarten, oh, y'all, when he was in kindergarten, that's where the problem started. Like, we were fine all the way up until about five, because, so he's a young kindergartner, because his birthday, you know, in Georgia you got to be, it's like September, I want to say 9th. It may even be like the 11th now. I'm not sure, but I was a late birthday. Like I just missed the cutoff 
but um he had a regular birthday so he was a young five-year-old in class and he's just used to being at daycare long story short i mean i got him i moved to get i moved to an expensive apartment to get him in the zone for this specific charter school that was right by my job because i'm like my child can't be far away from me (laughs) like what so i got him in this charter school i was so grateful and he show his natural ass every day. I used to spend my lunch hour every day at his school. Like, just, hey. I'm like, look, hey, could you please be good so I can go back to work, please? So it was a problem. But um, I think it was also just like teachers, his particular teacher, I just don't think she understand the little black boys. Like, if he's talking, tell him to be quiet. Why are you calling me because he's talking? This is normal stuff you should be able to handle. Like, um, put him in the corner. Oh, she can't do that. Um, take away recess. Make him sit out recess. Oh, I can't do that. Well, what can you do? Because surely you can't be calling me for this normal stuff. I mean, do you want me to come teach the class? Because I guarantee you, everybody will be in check. Like, yes, ma'am, sir, ma'am. But <laughs> I just, I couldn't believe it. But um, first grade, it got a little better. And then second grade, um, he had his first black teacher at this charter school. Um, It was in uh, Kennesaw. The school no longer exists. But it was a great school overall. I mean, just every teacher you encounter is going to be different. But second grade, he did have his first black teacher, a lady. And when I tell you, I never (laughs) received a single call from this lady. Never. I was like, "Um, is everything good? She was like, yeah, he's great. I said, okay, (laughs) wow. So, yeah, so first grade, so kindergarten, a mess. First grade, better. (laughs) Second grade, no problems. Third grade, um, very minimum problems, just regular stuff. And then the school closed. The school closed before we even had the pandemic. The school had already notified us that they were going to be closing because... They didn't really tell us why, but over the years, they had one principal, a female uh, Caucasian um, lady, and they loved this lady, but by the time we got there, she was never there. They were like, she went out on leave, and then she came back, went out again, so it seemed like the district was just tired of her. I mean, from a parent standpoint, it just seemed like they were tired of her, so they got rid of her, and then the community around them were just around the school was just infuriated like how dare you guys fire this woman so not only did they fire her they brought in a black man from the city to be the new principal and he was a great principal honestly he was really good he was by the book the only thing he changed that I saw the teachers complaining about was once a week okay once a week he asked that the teachers wear khakis and they all had a little matching shirt that they wore I'm like What's wrong with that? Like, y'all are bringing, this is camaraderie. It's, but the teachers didn't like it, okay? And I think the community was really upset that he was black. So, during his second year, he just up and quit. Like, I remember emailing him that summer, and I was like, I saw the direction that my son's classes was going in, because I'm like, I'm very observant. So, if y'all have, if they had three um, so yeah, so this is second grade. So they had three second grade teachers and uh, his group of students, my son's group, his class, I knew they were going to be sw- 
taken to this one teacher's second grade class. So I emailed him and I said, hey, could you, I was like, Dr. So-and-so, listen, please, <laughs> pretty, pretty, please, could you get my son in this black teacher's class, in this second grade teacher's class, this specific lady, because the before school and after school teachers I was talking to, they were like, listen, you got to get him in this latest class. I mean, you got to get him in there. That's the only way you're going to see any type of change. So lo and behold, thank goodness. And I'm so appreciative to this day that he did get my son in this black second grade teacher's class. We didn't have any problems the whole year. She was an awesome teacher. He learned a lot. And that was a wrap. But then he quit. Just gone. So, me, I'm thinking, all right, that's cool. Now y'all can get the people what they want. They want, they wanted a white principal, okay? This is a very, um, how do I say it? This is a very white area. So, they wanted a white principal um, to run this school. So, I'm like, all right, give them what they want. I mean, we let's move on. Let's give them what they want. I mean, it's the principal. It's fine. They're not, it's fine. So, the next year, they announced the principal. Guess what these folks did? They brought in another black man. I said, ooh, they, they tried him. They tried him. So, now we got another black principal, another black man. Um, He was also a good principal. He seemed very passionate about the students. And it, in my eyes, it was fine. But I knew the people were mad, like the donors. This is a charter school, so they rely heavily on donors and you know people in the community donating to this school they were also a part of the district but they also wanted donors for other things so which I don't even know what they really needed donors for if they already a part of the school system they don't have school buses I'm like what y'all need this other money for what's going on here so they get so he's there for a little while then that principal's gone, okay? So now we had a, how many you want? That was the number three. So now number four, so this is all from kindergarten to third grade. So now we had number four. They bring in a black woman. Great principal as well. She's great, but they're not giving these folks what they want. But this time, they have fired the original principal and assistant now. So now they have a black principal and a black assistant principal now the last lady the last assistant principal was a woman and she was black as well but hey now they got a brand new all black again and I'm just like <laughs> so I kind of knew it was coming I knew it was coming but they notified us that hey we won't be it was called Kennesaw Charter School they said hey we won't be back this next school year and then it just so happened that the pandemic happened so it didn't really matter anyway because everybody was going to be virtual he just had to go to a different school but virtual but they were able to finish out their third grade school year with their regular teachers which was nice and the teacher she really had a hard time this is a third grade teacher a new teacher she was a white lady and she was very sweet and um she really had a hard time like uh, letting the kids go like it was just like the unknown and just not being able to complete the year with the kids you started with so I'm sure that was very hard that would have been hard for me as well so so now by this time I've had to move back home 
because I was at these apartments. I've been in an apartment almost like 10 years, like two different apartments. So I was at one apartment in Lithia Springs. And then I moved to these apartments in Austell to be in a specific county. And so the Austell apartment was just, they just kept going up on the rent. It was so high, but it definitely wasn't worth it. I was on the third floor and um, the AC was above the bathtub. So like the AC would drip into the bathtub and leave a rust stain and then the tub got a crack in it. It had a crack in it from the beginning, when from the minute I moved in. I just never pictured it uh, getting worse. And so when it did crack and started leaking to the apartment below me, you know, my bougie self, I'm thinking, they're going to have to give me a brand new tub. Hey, hey, no, these people came in, cemented the tub, and then left the cement dust everywhere in my bathroom. It was just horrific, but... I moved out and decided I needed to move back home because I was just financially stressed to capacity. Like I didn't have any type of funds. So I got a high rent. I have my car note. I was just so stressed out by that point that I needed to move back home. And I definitely didn't want to move back home. I like my independence and I like my space. But I moved back home and I had to make the best decision for my child. So, And it did end up end up being the best decision because you know everyone went virtual so he was able to be at home with my mother and my mother's husband while they work from home and he was able to be virtual while I still had to go to work because I was my job was deemed to be essential so I had to go to work every day so but getting into more of the parenting type like his dad has never really helped me as far as parenting and when I tell people that they're like well he has other kids I'm like yeah I'm like does he help with those kids and I'm like um no (laughs) no you know like we over the years I realized that his idea of parenting and my idea of parenting is very different like I'm the type of person who so my mother had multiple kids there's only three but you know that's a multiple kids and she was always working two jobs so it's like we were with anybody so say for instance a relative call like they can come over here that's fine and we will go over there and then something happened and you know I'm just the type that rather be safe than sorry so I'm never going to put my child's in harm my child in harm's way so if I know that if I get word that his other kids was over and they didn't have any food to eat. Um, what do I look like sending my child over there to be in the same situation? And if I'm, I send my child over there, who is number four of six, if I sent my child over there and I know that someone only has a four-door sedan, why would I send my child over there? And if y'all have to go somewhere, where my child going to sit? He going to sit on the floor? And he going to be in the back seat while the adults are in the front drinking and smoking so I just like to be safe rather than sorry but it never became a big issue for me like not having his help until um, we got in team sports specifically football with football like it's a predominantly male sport 
And I, of course, kept him with black teams. So it's like, if you don't have a man out there with you, those coaches will run all over you. And these coaches, they they asked me to bring him on. They met us in baseball and they asked they asked to have my son brought into their team from baseball. And I didn't see a problem with it. You know, I saw he was taller and, you know, bigger than most of the kids. So I'm like, good, okay, football, that's great. You know, when we first got there, the coach, the head coach was very um attentive to my son and he definitely paid attention to him and nurtured him, which I appreciated. I'm like, I appreciate him being able to be with these men and all these little boys, like that's great. I appreciate that. So I'm loyal with anything we do. So we stayed with this team the first season. My son is not a, he is not at this time a natural football player. So we stayed with the team. He didn't get a lot of play time, but I mean, he's out, he's exercising and he looks super cute in his um, football uniform and he gets to be with other little boys, other little bo- other little black boys. So that's cool with me. And so I endure the heat, the cold, and whatever else. So he can be out here in these sports. So the next season, I don't know what happens, but this coach ends up having to rebuild his whole team. He, of course, reaches out to me again. And he's like, hey, I want Amari. I need Amari back on my team. And so this coach literally had about... 11 players only and I'm pretty sure you can only have 11 people on the field or it might be even 10 but so my son got all the play time he he didn't need that that second season so it was fine I mean he still wasn't a natural but I did see a lot of improvement in him and he still got that that team bond going on so it was fine but of course with football you have so it was little whispers that second season like It was little whispers of this going on, this going on. And it was like, okay, so what's going on? (laughs) It's like this people dating this coach and this coach dating this mom. And it's like, okay, well, that's interesting because all these coaches out here are married. So what's really going on? So this is when I was being like a little judgmental. I was like, why y'all messing with these married folks? I would never, if one of these coaches ever tried me, I'd be like, boy, I will beat your but um, one chick, she said right before the end of the season that she was dating or sleeping with the head coach. And I was like, it's no way. I mean, this man out here teaching, saying he's teaching these young boys how to be this and that. There's no way he over here uh, got a whole affair with one of the boys' moms. <laughs> so this mom ended up being getting pregnant. She Well, when she got on the team, she was already pregnant. And then by the end of the season, after she had this, the baby, she said she was pregnant again. And this baby was the coach's baby this time. And I was like, what? That's terrible. And to add insult to injury, they all live in the same neighborhood. So I'm grateful we didn't live nowhere near them. But um, now we get to the third season. So the third season, he's just... This coach is just like, I saw a change in him. It was like he was just wowed with the idea of he just needed a winning season. Like, it didn't matter. It didn't, nothing else mattered except for him to win. Nothing mattered. 
so he brought players. He literally reached out to players that were already on different teams and like scouted these parents and got players from Rome, College Park. Now, we're all the way in the country, okay? So you got people from College Park and you got people from Rome. You got people from all over. You got people off these teams and brought them all together in a mesh pot. And then the people who were loyal to you like us, he like kind of put us on the back burner. So basically my son now all of a sudden he's not getting no playtime again. Now, some of the players weren't better than him that were getting playtime. But those players that were getting playtime, they had their dads out there. So it's like... I'm one of, I'm one of maybe a few just a few that does don't have a dad and I noticed that everybody out there who dad wasn't there they were on the bench. And so I was like, wow, that's crazy. Like in one game, my son literally got in the game the last 50 seconds of the game. So let me say that again. He got in the game the last 50 seconds. So we had all these quarters. He got in the game only for the last 50 seconds. That's less than a minute. And it's like, if y'all were going to do that to us, why not tell us to stay at home? Like, you really wasted our Saturday for 50 seconds. And so that's the day I knew that I would never be back on his team, number one. But I also talked to the coaches and I'm just like hey like there's no reason why my child should be in the game the last 50 seconds like what are y'all doing and the head coach told me I didn't even notice that he didn't get in the game and I'm like well why you didn't notice you don't notice this this child anymore I mean my son one of the biggest out there you don't notice him (laughs) so um I was pretty much through with him after that but we don't quit and I don't teach a quitting philosophy in the house so we don't quit we're gonna see it out I mean and also we paid our dues so we're gonna keep it going we're gonna we're not going to quit so before the end of the year this coach for some reason don't know how don't know why but the mistress from the second season she finds out where we're having a game at so she finds so we just happened to be playing it was our team versus another team and on this team was another girl from our first season so she was with the first girl who she and I are actually were friends so she finds her and she has the little baby with her the brand new baby and she finds her and they find me after the game so we're just chit chat and I'm like oh look at the baby but guess who at I mean of course guess who's at the game? We got the coach and his wife and his son. So this is the craziest thing that has ever happened. Um, like at a team sporting event for me. So we're leaving, okay? Cause I'm like, I've been at this, we've been at practice. It's been I mean not practice, but we've been here at this field for four hours I'm ready to go because we always had to come two hours before the game we got to stay an hour and a half for the game like I'm ready to go so we're walking out and then his wife walks past the mistress now again I say they live in the same neighborhood so like if they were really bad about it like go knock on her door okay so she walks past the mistress 
And when she walks past the mistress and the mistress got her baby um, across her chest, she walks past the mistress and the mistress takes it upon herself to just make a little snarky laugh at the wife. Like, <laughs> like I have no idea what was funny. I wasn't even talking to her at the time. But she makes a little snarky laugh at the wife. And then the wife says, you fat cow to the mistress. And I was like, oh, hell. But the mistress don't say nothing after that. We make it to the parking lot. Okay. So I'm like, cool, cool. Great. I'm almost at my car. Nice. I'm about to go. So then all of a sudden I hear some little pitter patter footsteps behind us. And I turn around. And I was like, uh oh. <laughs> and then they turn around. And then the wife says, Did you have something to say? Did you have something to say? And I was like, Oh God, they about to fight with this little baby. <laughs> and so, um, so then the mistress and the wife are, they're like arguing. So the friend, my friend, she's tiny. She steps in between them like, Hey, Hey, y'all not about to fight. No, no, no. So y'all not about to fight. So then I step, so she clearly can't hold the wife back. So I step in the middle of the mistress. But then when I step in the middle, why my son going to step in the middle with me? <laughs> I said, boy, if you don't get out the way. So while I see my son, I push my son out the way. I also see the wife's son, the wife and the coach's son. And he's just looking so sad. And he's just looking really sad, you know. So I, I say, hey, buddy, you and my son, y'all go over here to the car. Y'all don't need to be in the middle of this. So then it's a very loud commotion. So I know the head coach heard if he didn't hear anybody else. I know he heard his wife, you know, like it's something about when you've been around somebody so long, you know, when you hear them, like it's like when you are mother and you hear your child, like from way far away, like, you know, so I know if he didn't hear anybody else, he heard his wife. But he's still way over the parking lot talking to another one of the coaches like he don't know what's going on. So then my friend gestures for him to come over here and get his situation under control. Like, this is your situation. He ain't got nothing to do with this. So he walk over all slow like, man, why she even out here? That's what he said about his wife. Like, why she over here? What's she doing over here? And I was like, um, I don't know, but could you get her and could y'all go to your car? And so by this time, my friend got the mistress away to her car because she over here trying to fight with a whole baby strapped around her chest like a, a new baby. And so we gestured for them to go one way and the and him and his wife go the other way. So all of a sudden... I'm walking to my car and I see the wife is walking towards my car and that my car is by the mistress's car as well. And so I was like, hey, I was like, coach, why y'all coming this way in your car all the way over there? What is going on? Why are you just letting her walk this way? It's like he was trying to have his wife fight this mistress. I'm like, he was being really bitch made, if you ask me, like. I think he liked the fact that they were fighting over him. It's like, bro, why are y'all walking this way? Y'all have absolutely no reason to walk this way. Like, what if she walks to this mistress car and get shot? Like, we don't know what this girl has. 
And so after I said that, he was like, oh, oh, yeah. And then he pulled her towards their car. And so that was the absolute craziest thing that I've ever witnessed at a little league sporting event. I could not believe that. Because it's like, can y'all um, at the very least keep that in y'all neighborhood? Like, you know, I felt bad for the wife. And I felt I felt a little bad for the mistress because just because you just never know what he's telling her in the bedroom. But it's like at some point you got to take accountability and you got to you got to see that he's still his wife. I mean, and apparently they done moved out of state together. So it's like, ma'am, he would who he wanted to be with, girl. You should not have gotten pregnant. And if you did get pregnant, you take that child and you raise that child with your other children and you do what you got to do legally and call it a day. But that was the craziest thing that has happened. And this last football season is the only season where I just felt like I really needed my son's dad to be there and to be accountable but his whole thing is well I don't have a car so you would have to come pick me up you should have picked me up and it's like why would I pick you up (laughs) like you're not paying no child support you don't help us in the least you want me to spend my gas to come pick you up why would I do that because you know, anybody who know me know I'm always running late anyway, most of the time, 85% of the time. So if I'm already running late to a game, it's no way I'm going to be able to come pick you up. And I'm not about to tear my car up coming to pick you up. He's just not the type of person that if you go out of your way for him, it's like he doesn't, he's not an appreciative type of person. So no, I wasn't going to do that, but I would have maybe a couple times if I could have, but, um, nah. And unfortunately it was during the time also where we were 100% done. Like he's done. I'm done. We're done together. (laughs) We're both done. But yeah, so I was, we were done. Like not play play. Like I don't ever want to see you again in my life, sir. But, um, yes, I just needed him. And I just, if he would have been there to, like, practices and stuff, they wouldn't have played us like some lames, you know. So, but it's okay. Still, all in all, he was out there. He got the exercise. He looked pretty good in the uniform. Because this year, I don't know who they used. Last season, they used somebody else, a new vendor. And the uniforms just didn't fit well. But it was fine so then we decided my son said my sport is baseball and that's all I want to do and I said cool we're gonna do it we're gonna do baseball and that's gonna be it so that is when I really needed that guy he wasn't there and then for some reason at nine my son just started saying all of a sudden probably eight and a half nine like why my dad don't come to my stuff so like that hurt to hear but You know, I still had other people come out like his uncle and stuff like that and friends. So I think that helped. That made up for a lot of things. And so I would say just anything with Little League, especially football, make sure you have a man with you. Just like if you go to 
like a dealership or something to get your car fixed or get a new car try to have a man with you so that you don't get played like a fool like don't get played out here like speaking of dealerships they wanted to charge me like 150 dollars to change my headlights I went to Google, Google how to change my headlight, found a video on YouTube, and I was able to change my headlights with one hand because I was on the phone with a friend at the time, didn't plan it, happens to be on the phone, whatever the conversation was, it was juicy, so I could, I had my phone in my hand, in my left hand, and I changed both light bulbs with one hand <laughs> in five minutes, and they wanted to charge me $150. So that was a, a no for me. Then on top of that, just now that he's getting older, I did, I do understand that he does need a man in the household with him, but not any man. I'm not one of those people that any man will do. No, 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 no. <laughs> any man will not do. But a good role model of a man, I so know that he needs that. He's getting older. So, you know, I find myself like just logging on to stepdaddies.com. Now I'm just playing. <laughs> but um, I know that for a fact. So I stayed single. Like, okay, so yes, I was with his dad. Um, It was off and on. But, you know, of course, I've seen some guys I liked. But and some a lot of guys try to talk to me over the years. But. I just stayed away from that because I was so afraid to bring a man into his life. And I was just afraid of what if something happens. Like you hear these stories of these stepdads abusing the kids and the boyfriends abusing the kids. And then the unthinkable happens. And I was just afraid that I would put him in dangerous ways. So I never, the whole time I was alone, like in my own apartment, I never, ever, ever brought another man to my apartment never only his dad he was the only man you know that I was with romantically that has been to my apartments he is the only one so that was that was interesting I mean but I felt like I had to do it I had to keep him safe so and that's what I did but now he's older and he's a big guy and he's almost taller than me but it's like now I would feel better bringing someone in because you know I just know what I'm looking for now and I know that um I know what red flags I'm looking for and I know that um you know he doesn't if a guy comes into my life now he doesn't have to meet my son right away you know me I'm probably thinking three to six months in you can meet my son you can meet my family and that'll be that but um, not immediately because I'm just not one of those people who try to put um, their children on other people because no offense to my mother, but she had a lot of boyfriends growing up and she would um, it was few of them who she did move in with us. And it's just like um, it wasn't a good feeling It's because it's like you had two girls, first of all, and then on top of that. It just wasn't a good feeling like we were already in a confined space. So, for example, if we had a two bedroom apartment and got one bathroom, moving a man in probably won't be a good idea. And then in the last house in the house I grew up in in Atlanta, 
it's like that was a three bedroom, one bathroom house. So you don't move. You move two men in and two different men moved in. And one man, I'll never forget. He was he had a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> he was a hoarder or he was in between places. I don't know. But like he moved his stuff, all his stuff to the biggest room in the house, which was the kitchen. And it was so junky stuff was everywhere so one day when they were at work and I got home from school I just took it upon myself to just clean up and push all his stuff back as far as I could to get it out the way clean up the kitchen and turn that house into a home again and he was like wow thank you so much for doing that I'm like yeah nigga. so <laughs> then on top of that you know her last boyfriend which ended up being her husband moved him in too and it's like this is a three bedroom one bathroom one <laughs> don't do that so I just always felt like I would never be the type to move somebody in on my kids my children's space and I will never be that type and because nothing wrong with saying no you know <laughs> nothing wrong with saying no but yeah no I would just never be that type and you know, the unthinkable that does happen. There are men out here who like little girls and everything else. So, no. And, um, you know, to get more into that, I'm not going to go into that. But to get more into that, you guys have to read my book. I just finished my book called Sitting on Laps. Um, To find out how I came up with that title, you also have to read my book. <laughs> But yeah, it's just something I've been working on for a very long time. I was able to reach out to some vendors, get the perfect cover for my book. Um, I got, I told them the idea I wanted. I told this artist what I wanted and he delivered and he was a very original piece of artwork. He delivered. I just said, Hey, this is what I want it to look like. And it looks, it looks exactly like what I'm trying to portray. And so Again, it's called Sitting on Laps. I'll probably add it to my podcast website once it's available for pre-order and everything. But I'm so proud of it. And it's just something I wanted to do for a very long time. But I'll be more on this parenting topic later. Let me know what you guys want to talk about. Don't forget to email me at detoursthepodcast.com or detoursthepodcast at gmail.com. Okay, talk to y'all soon. Bye.